0: this show is for you.
1: We promise to bring you real and authentic conversations with parents and experts who are committed to making their family their life's most important work.
0: This show will help you take a stand for your family and to raise your children by design, not default. Okay, so one of the things that Melissa and I believe and we're just going to come right out with it on this one is you do not ever have to be in the roommate phase or the roommate stage as a couple unless you want to or allow it to. And I, I don't know any couple that wants to be in the roommate phase or the roommate stage. And what we mean by that is just this idea that you're just kind of existing as roommates, like instead of like being really connected, instead of being lovers, you're roommates. And I know it can feel like, you know, it can feel easy to start making that excuse of, well, we just got a lot going on and we're busy with our businesses and our careers and our kids are growing their activities, but it's a choice. And I think sometimes we don't see it that way. And we've fallen into this before, but You're either choosing to be in the roommate phase or stage or choosing not to be.
2: Yeah, I think recently I've seen on social media a little bit, um, maybe some reels or videos that people are like, well, we're in the roommate phase or we're moving out of the roommate phase, almost as if it's like an accepted thing that you have to go through a period of time in your marriage where you're in the roommate phase. So I guess we would really like to challenge that on, on this podcast episode today. And by the way, I liked how earlier you said lovers. So I'm like, whoa sounds exciting yeah well
0: what what would be the opposite of uh, you know just a roommate existing sharing a house sharing a bed it's like no you'd really be in love like really connected and and look there's ebbs and flows and there's going to be times where you know maybe that's it it comes more natural than others but it's still it's a choice like you don't have to just like melissa said sign up for this well for the next five to ten years we're going to be more roommates than not it's like no like don't let that happen. It doesn't have to happen. And so we want to share with you some, some mistakes we've made and also share with you that when we kind of feel like we're slipping into that phase where we're not as connected, some things that we've done, even just recently, you know, cause we recently had a phase where we just felt like, okay, we're not, we're not as connected as we want to be. We're not as connected as we know we can be. So what are some things that we can do? And I actually think that might be the first step in all of this is just having the awareness that you can do something about it, and having the desire to do something about it, and then making an agreement with each other and a commitment that hey, if any one of us if either of us feels like we're slipping into this kind of just existing, let's bring it up and let's let's address it
2: yeah, one other thing before we start sharing some ideas because we do have some really actionable things that you can do if you if you know you're listening to this and you're like, I think we are in that kind of roommate phase, um but one thing is that I think it's easy to be. Like to give the responsibility to your partner and be like, well, if he would ask me on a date, we would go on dates more often. Or if she would do this, then we would be more connected. If she would
0: ask me how my day was and how I'm feeling. Yeah. Yes. I totally
2: So I think that, you know, come to the, coming to the conversation, like I am going to do, I'm going to be 100% responsible for, mm. for the success of this marriage and that we will not enter into this roommate phase and then whatever that looks like. And, you know, you're both, both taking that um, responsibility as 100%, I think will make a huge difference, um, you know, kind of laying, I wanted to just keep that as ground groundwork before we go forward with this conversation.
0: Yeah, I actually think that's really incredible advice, Melissa. And I think it's kind of the answer to a lot of things when people ask us about any aspect of our marriage where we've struggled or succeeded or how we crawled out of, you know, being separated, nearly divorced. In fact, Melissa and I recently got the opportunity to speak at an event together that was super awesome. And it was so fun sharing the stage with Melissa and probably spoke about. I don't know, 50 families or so. Yeah, it Just, was super fun. Yeah, we got to talk about family brand. And someone asked at the end in Q&A, what was the one thing, they asked Melissa, what was the one thing that you feel like you did to start to kind of fight for your marriage? And Melissa said, I I took 100% responsibility. Instead of feeling like I was a victim and it was being done to me, I took 100% responsibility for the marriage. And I remember us having that conversation where I was like, I will also be, you know, so it's like, no, I'm 100% responsible. No, I'm 100%. That's a good argument actually to have and like both people being willing to be 100% responsible, not keeping score, not waiting for the other person. And so I think that is just an overarching like principle in this that would really be useful, um, to kind of segue into, and look again, when you're first married and you don't have any children, you know, there's some, there's different, there's obviously different stresses and different pressures and different demands. With more commitments and children and other things, and yet you can still choose to never participate in the roommate phase or the roommate stage. And when you're in that, you can choose to get out of it. And so, one of the things that, in no particular order, that for me comes up, I think because Melissa and I were so close to getting divorced, we really have a firsthand experience in relationship with like what we know what it feels like to take our relationship for granted. So we have been absolutely committed for years now to a weekly date night and it's just non-negotiable. And even our kids know, and our kids leave and sometimes say, Hey, when are you guys going on a date this week? You haven't gone. It's Saturday. You know, they, they're aware of it. And sometimes, you know, the other night we live in a small town. We were at, um, Denny's late at night. It was the only place open. And we were kind of like, what are we doing at Denny's? This is our <laughs> And We laughed about it and we had a great time and actually had a, a great meal. And that to me is like To keep the connection alive and even if it's a 15 minute date some nights 30 minutes whatever you can sneak in is a commitment weekly to date night
2: yeah and i think it is really it's so much easier for us now that our kids are older you know we have a 16 year old and we can you know he'll he's going out with his friends of course but between him and our other two older kids we can easily be like can you watch the kids on friday night and and we have a built-in babysitter but Believe you me, I remember the phase of life where we didn't have a built-in babysitter and you had to plan ahead and, you know, had to prepare the bottles and, you know, the bed bedtime routine. You were worried that the baby might not go down. It is hard. There are a lot of challenges to it. And it's 100% worth it to to do that kind of stress and, and get to those day nights.
0: And I would say we've done plenty of date nights at home when we either couldn't afford a babysitter or couldn't find one, put the kids to bed. And like set aside, created. And so, uh, and, and sometimes language is the only thing that changes it, but it really matters because there could be plenty of nights where we put the kids to bed and we hang out. But by having that distinction of, okay, this is date night. I think it just carries with it. This, it just makes it more meaningful and intentional. Like, oh, this is set aside time for us to have our date. And so also don't get caught up that date night has to be expensive or fancy or, you know, like this is one of those areas where consistency would be more important than anything. And it's obviously fun to have a fun date night, you know, once in a while. But that, that is absolutely one thing that I would say that if, if more couples would just commit to getting out on a date and look, there was a time where we were going out on date nights and we didn't even like each other, That is true. but we still did it. And it was the commitment to that, that I think really started to help. And so again, it's not like, well, I don't want to go on date nights because they're not super fun and we don't have a ton of stuff to talk about. It's like, yeah, we've been there. Go on the date night. Mm -hmm. Anyways, would be one of my recommendations because through that consistency, you might start to like each other again, and you might start to find um, a spark. A spark,
2: and do things that are fun. Like, it doesn't have to be a dinner and a movie. Like, get creative with it. I think that's another important thing, especially if it's like, okay, we're not having great conversation right now. It's like we'll do do something else. Like, where you're out and you know doing something different. Where, so where it's forcing different conversations and different things that that you've maybe never done before.
0: And maybe, um, as a challenge, if you can, and sometimes you can't cause you have little kids at home and stuff, but the more you can limit your phone with you on a date, like if you can leave it in the car and go into dinner and really talk, like really have, you know, meaningful conversation, or if you're going to go out and feed the ducks. Like if you can leave your car in the phone for just, or leave your phone in the car for just a little bit, um, I think it's important. Great point. Thanks, Melissa. <laughs> uh, another thing we talked about was getaways. Whether that's an annual getaway, twice a year, what whatever it is, it, like dedicated time to like really get away and connect. And again, doesn't have to be overnight. Doesn't have to be fancy. Doesn't have to be extravagant. It can be for half a day. And again, though, like the the intention of we this is a getaway, different than a date. And yeah, it requires some thought. It requires some planning. It requires some intention. But it's an opportunity for you to go and say, and look, and on this getaway, you know there's a real opportunity to talk about, okay, what's working for us in our marriage. What's working for us in our relationship. What isn't working for us now, this could be, this episode could be several days long. Like one of the things that Melissa and I have learned the hard way and we're still learning is that if we do have conversations around what's working and what isn't working in our, in our relationship, that each of us have made the commitment that I'm going to be 100% responsible, not always am, but I've committed to being 100% responsible to delivering any, any information to you about what isn't working in a way that isn't attacking you or keeping score. Melissa's also made that same commitment that she's going to do that back towards me. And we've both agreed to not be offendable. Which I don't know if that's even possible, but that's our intention is that whatever you say to me about what is working or isn't working, I'm going to really try and hear it from a place of, yeah, like I want to hear it and I want you to feel heard. And, and so I just offer that as I do think getaways and dates are an opportunity to talk about how to strengthen your relationship. And, and I would say final thing I'll say about this and let Melissa go is it's really easy if you're not careful to only talk about and think about what isn't working in your relationship and what you don't like. And Melissa and I were there at one point. We, The only thing we would talk about when our marriage wasn't working, interestingly enough, was how our marriage didn't work. We would talk about what we didn't like. We would talk about what we didn't have. And we would talk about what wasn't working. So it was this conscious effort to like, let's let's talk about what we want to improve in our relationship. And let's spend some time talking about what we do like about our marriage, what we do like about each other, what we do have, what is working and what we do want.
2: Yeah. I love that. Okay, I'm going to shift a little bit. We talked about things that you can do weekly, like the date nights, things that you can do more annually, like the getaways. I want to shift to talk about things that you can do every single day to kind of keep you out of that friend or roommate zone. Um, one thing is an eight-second hug. You may have heard this, you know, as it relates to your kids, but I think it relates to your partner, your spouse as well. And in fact, recently, just a few weeks ago, we were just so busy during the summer. Chris was traveling a lot, And when he was home, he, you know, had his work to catch up and things. And I felt like we just weren't connecting very much. And so I told him, okay, when we pass in the hallway at the house, I want us to hug each other. (laughs) I want us to greet each other warmly and say hello or like whatever it was, just something kind of silly. But just a moment to stop and like see that other person in front of you. And I think it really made a difference for us when we when we started doing that. And I use that as an example just to say that again, this is never something that it's like, oh, we check. You can check a box on. It's like always, you're always in conversation about like, okay, we're you're feeling more connected, but then it ebbs and flows into like, okay, some things are shifting. You know, we're it's summer break and we're not connecting as well. What can we do to bring that back? And that's one thing that we've done recently. Another thing I think we've been really intentional about lately is. Making a point to ask each other at the end of the day, like tell me about your day. How is your day? Just really asking it. And again, just seeing that other person and what's going on in their life, pausing, pausing everything to just be with them there for a minute.
0: Yeah. And what I think about when I think about the the daily hugs and these like just daily questions is is uh, the principle of just like checking in. I think one of the things that has us start to get in the friend zone as husband, and wife or or the roommate phase is we stop checking in with each other and we just kind of start living our separate lives. And again, it doesn't happen by, by itself. You've got to like come together, like, okay, I'm going to check in with you and do an eight second hug. When I see you, I'm going to check in with you and intentionally ask, how was your day? Tell me about your day. What can I help you with? What's going on right now in your world? You know? And so I think these daily check-ins are, are incredible. Another thing that we sometimes can, that we do that, Kind of combines all of those is we'll do walks together. And we've just found that, I don't know, we have some of the most meaningful conversations. We've probably some of the most impactful conversations we've ever had. Some of the biggest decisions we've ever made as a couple and as a family have come out of just walks. Because I think there's just something powerful about when you're in movement, when you're in motion. And it's quite doable. Like I I know a lot of couples, and I know that at times where we feel disconnected, but yet we're under the same roof Kids are in bed, it's nighttime, and we're just kind of separate doing our own things on our own phones or whatever. And we could just have our phones inside and be out on a walk. And I promise you that you get out on walks on a somewhat consistent, regular basis. Good things will start to come from that. (laughs) I just, I don't know what it is. It's a universal principle of some kind, but you get out in in nature, outside or in your neighborhood, and you're just moving and you don't have your phones, you're going to start connecting. You're going to start talking. You're going to start checking in. And so, yeah, that's been amazing for us.
2: And when our kids were little, we didn't even leave the street. We would go out onto our street and just walk our street up and down. we take the dogs for a walk, too. And I even remember our toddlers sometimes having already been put to bed. But like, do you remember Indy like running out the front door? Like, where are you going?
0: Yeah, yeah. we walk up and down our street where we could always see our house, where we didn't, we couldn't ever not see the house. But yeah, that's a great point. It's, and yeah, long walk, walk up and down your street. But just there's something about that that for us has really helped us to stay connected.
2: Yeah. And then the other thing that we have experimented with off and on the last few years, and again, this was as our kids got older. Um we would we go and work out together. So or or even you could do that, you know, if your gym has a childcare sh- center. Um, we love doing that. And I think it's a great way, especially when we go first thing in the morning to really connect and be together early in the morning. And it just feels good to move together.
0: Yeah. I would say too that it, or you can do, we've done some really fun home workouts and mm-hmm. the kids will get involved or once the kids are in bed, we'll do, you know, sometimes we stretch together or do yoga or, but it's like, I guess another principle in this is there's activities that we're already doing individually. And sometimes we're doing the same activities, just at different times. And I'm not saying that you have to do every single activity together all the time. And I think there's opportunities, well, you're already doing this and I'm already doing this, maybe, you know, even if it's one day a week, could we do a workout together? Um, if it's one night a week, could we go on a walk? I, and I think sometimes that's all you have, like you really, truly, maybe in your schedule and with bandwidth and kids, you might have one opportunity to connect in, but, but I believe that every couple could find one situation, one block of time. Where they could connect in a meaningful way once a week. And, it, and even if it's just that, but it's having this awareness first and foremost, like Melissa said, I'm going to accept 100% responsibility to stay connected to Melissa. If Melissa is willing to accept hundred percent responsibility, stay connected to me. And then we just find these little cadences and these little rhythms and just make as many of them non-negotiable as, uh, as possible. Because I also think you know, what's the risk of getting in the roommate phase or the friend phase for five to 10 years? Well, what if when now it's time to come out of that and your kids are grown, you're like, I don't even know this person anymore. I don't even know if I like this person anymore. Like we've lost so much connection. Like, can we? And you hear those stories and it's, it's easier to maintain a connection than it is to lose it and have to work 10 times as hard to try and rebuild it.
2: Okay, one thought that I'm having, I'd love to get your feedback on. So if you're listening to this and you feel like I think we might be teetering on the edge of that like roommate phase, I think there would be a really good way to bring this conversation up to your spouse and maybe a way that isn't as good or won't be as productive. Do you have advice for someone who wants to bring that conversation up to their spouse or partner?
0: Yeah, we talk about this sometimes on the podcast, but I would I would use enrolling language and enroll them into the vision of us being connected again. Cause I think it'd be really easy to approach that conversation. If you're not careful from a place of what you don't like about the relationship, what isn't working, what you don't want, what you don't like about them, how they don't ever put any effort in. And I don't think that's going to lead to more of what you want, but it's really easy for us to do to each other as husband and wife. And I think more so would be to like, let's say Melissa and I really are in the roommate phase, really disconnected for me to be able to go to say to Melissa and say, Hey, I really feel like we haven't been connecting as much lately. And I don't like that. Like. I love you. I want to be connected to you. I really like you. I would love us to be more connected. I'd love us to feel more connected and I'm willing to accept responsibility and I'm willing to like come up with ideas, you know, but yeah, how do you feel? Like, would you, would you want to, would you want to be more connected? And so I think those, you can have the exact same conversation, but have very different approaches and very different outcomes. But I'm always a big fan of just speak to what you want. And, and and then also another cool thing in that conversation is you could say, because look, I know we can be. So you also kind of get, you also got to talk about what's possible. I know we could be really connected. I know we could have a great marriage. I know that we, you know, one time we were connected and we could again. So it's like approaching it from this place of what you want, what you believe is possible. And I look, I know that can be really scary to do, especially to someone you feel close to because it feels vulnerable. But it's like, if there was ever a place that's worth getting vulnerable, if there's ever a place that's worth exercising some courage, it's like, your marriage like your family
2: okay so here's to uh less roommates more lovers oh, I like how you said that um and yeah I know I know it's possible for you so good luck this week have a great week
1: thank you so much for listening to the family brand podcast to say thank you we have something really awesome we'd love to share with you
0: you know we often hear from families who will tell us that they just feel so overwhelmed